today is October 10th, 2000, 2019, and my name is Linda Coy, and I'm interviewing my mother, Bernice Bingham. She's 91 years old, and I'm going to ask her some questions for this podcast about growing and preserving families. Hello, Mom. Hello. So thanks for letting me talk to you today about some of your thoughts about being a mother and a grandmother and a great-grandmother and a great-great-grandmother. How do you feel about this role that you've had for how many years? What year were you married? I was married in 1920. No, 1940. 40. I was born in 28, but I was married in 45. Or was it 46? I think it was 47. (laughs) So, but you've had how many? I thought about it in the other years. (laughs) You thought about it. Yes, you planned for three years as engaged, waiting for dad to come home, I know. Yeah, he was on a mission, and I wanted to marry a missionary, return missionary, so. I had to wait for him, and that was good for me and for him. Awesome. So, how old were you? Do you remember how old you were when you had your first, when you had Brent? What, in 1950? So, how old would you have been? I was born in 1928. Okay, so 22. Let's see. So, you've been 22 years old? Probably, because I was married when I was 21. Okay, and so now you're 91. So you've had a few years of experience being a mom. <laughs> yeah, most of it's been great. There's only been maybe just knowing that I'm alone now is not comfortable, but um, it happens to everybody. Okay. So some things, memories that come up for you, uh, maybe when you were a young mother, some of the unknowns that you've since maybe forgotten about those unknowns because it's become very known. But what are some of the earlier fears that maybe you had about becoming a mother? Oh, there's always concern whether you're really prepared for it as well because and each one of you had different circumstances that uh, gave me a lot of wanting to have help. I knew that I needed help to really be able to do it, so yes. So where did you get the help? Where From a you... good husband. Oh, okay, so <laughs> so you relied on yep. dad he, a lot. Right, he, he could, he was standing off to the side a little bit because he didn't have a 24 hour, as a mother does, to watch and care and for and help a baby, and but he was there and was very supportive of everything that we wanted to do for them. And and so when the second one came along so soon, I knew that I was, I was pushing it just a little bit to try to keep up. <laughs> so what did you have to, how did you do that? How did you keep up? I kept up by watching others that I admired and, and knew that they had good family and asked them questions and of course, always knew that Heavenly Father was there to help us and and it was uh, something we wanted to do is to build a good home 
with love and concern and really the way the Lord would have us do. Okay, so you you had some very specific goals or decisions of what you wanted in your home. Yes. So and that was what we would not do anything that wasn't without prayer and, and knowing that it was the right thing to do and following the leaders. We were very positive that we wanted to follow the leaders. My father was very definite in that and I learned it young that he he wanted us to be happy and that was the way to be happy is to know what Heavenly Father wanted us to do and we would get the help. Okay, so you have following the leaders. Can you be more specific which leaders you're talking about? Uh, well, let's see. Now I have to remember back the first ones, I guess, that President Kimball was one. Okay. He was a marvelous example. Um, you had you knew him personally, right? Yes. Yeah, he actually he married, he was the officiate at our wedding. So he signed our document saying that we were married as forever, as an eternal marriage in the temple. Okay. So and that was a great support. And we did have some time, odd times, when we were very grateful to listen, be able to listen to him at conferences and other places so that we knew what he expected. Okay, what was his advice to you when you got married? Oh my goodness, I should have written it down. Um, <laughs> well, he, in the first place, he came out into the mission and and, uh, and your dad actually was able to visit with him and and uh, that's why we had asked for him. We requested that he would marry us because they'd had such a, a good meeting out in the mission and uh, in Texas and I think that that was a a real blessing to us because that's the first person that we wanted to be able to please because he knew what we needed to do as far as a family. So it started out in the temple and we continued to make it happen. Okay, so you felt important that it was important to get married in the temple. Yes, we knew that that would be the pleasing to Heavenly Father and and it would help us to make good choices. Okay, so what are some of those choices that you felt were good choices in your married life, raising our family? That we always give thanks to the Heavenly Father for our blessings and make sure we had reasons to be thankful to them. Mm. And we had good parents, both of us on each. His, his parents were, and my parents were great examples good living good okay so the things that to you what does it mean to live good what are some of those qualifiers and thought about those being specific <laughs> <laughs> they were there yes that was I guess specifics was that Sunday was a Sabbath day and and uh, there was love to be shown to one another it wasn't something you just do on in the I was going to say off days, you do have moments when things are a little more stressful and even those days needed to end with a good prayer and that's the one thing that we did. We always knelt together at night whenever we were together. There were times when we were separated but not many. 
And so we always prayed together for a, before we went to sleep. And sealed it with a kiss, I remember yeah. Dad oh, saying. <laughs> <laughs> and sealed it with a kiss, yes. And of course, uh, your dad used to say, I can tell whether I'm in the right, we've done things right today because I know more from the kiss than I did. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so things that you were very definite about. So you said keeping the Sabbath day holy. Um, what were some other things that you were definite about? That we would be able to accept calls um, to work in the church, do jobs in the church if we were living righteously. We knew that we would be called upon and we would make those sacrifices to be able to, to do it. Okay. And uh, we did. He, your dad always improved his ability to teach and to to share and so we that was our pattern to do what about you what do you feel like callings helped you that you did well i guess the best one was that helped me to take shape <laughs> knew that i needed to be very uh, very helpful to the sisters and that was starting out in the primary helping the little ones and then moving into the president of the Relief Society and, and on a state basis as well as a ward basis. And, and so we felt like we were doing what the Lord wanted us to do. Okay. So as far as the, maybe as the children have gotten older, how was that challenging or what advice can you give about when children become adults? Yes, because they had to make their own choices, and we prayed they would make good ones, and often they came, and especially seeking their father out to listen to what they, they would have in, and to make a choice. And they, I trust that uh, we were making good choices and that helped them to stay true to it. So did you, as far as um, being supportive, while Dad had lots of callings, what was your thought about how to do that, how to be supportive? I think that I knew from watching my parents that I knew what I needed to do to support him. My mother was a great one to help Dad in any way, and and uh, I saw what she did to, to make positive that her life was in order too. And that she loved the family, but she also loved to support her husband when he was bishop, when he was whatever calling he had. Okay. So as far as working, um, there were always jobs to be done. What was your philosophy on how to get the children? How did you get us to want to do jobs? Oh, we had some, some were good things and some were, really I wouldn't uh, recommend them. That's paying them for jobs, but we did when it was a big job and it was something that we felt like that they really put forth an effort, that it was helped them to have a, an allowance. And so we did help them to have a little money to spend and
so there was an allowance to or paid for some jobs that were really beyond what would be a normal and they did them okay so just provided opportunities and work and stuff randy still reminds me sometimes of his paper route it was a tough one for him he didn't like being uh, under that pressure every day to get those papers out <laughs> but he did and he earned money on it and found that he could spend his own money so as far as looking back now or maybe just enjoying the children, how many, how many do you have in your family now? Do you remember how many grandchildren, great-grandchildren? Wow, I sure thought of that ahead of time, maybe. I, I, as I recall, I have 28 grandchildren. I don't know if that's increased since. No, the grandchildren pretty much, I think, are through. Okay. <laughs> so... And uh, then that would be, uh, along with that, would be their children. So that goes into the great-grandchildren. And mm -hmm. I know there was in the 60s, and the great-great-grandchildren mm -hmm. were just beginning. Yeah, you have two now. <laughs> so. Beautiful little ones, yes. Okay. And so what brings you joy now as being the mom, the grandmother, and the great-grandmother of this big group? What brings me joy? to see happy children. I like to see them doing things that are right so they can be happy and that they make good choices in school and, and what they do as far as their um, talents are concerned. I like seeing them moving along in talents. Didn't, I didn't have a lot of talents and I didn't expect my children to to flourish in that, but they did some. They had things to do and were busy rather than just goofing off. I guess that's a good word. <laughs> goofing off. So you like to see your posterity be happy. Yes. So absolutely. how if they were they were to come to you and say, What will help me be happy, what would be your answer? I hadn't really given a lot of thought that that would be my responsibility to I guess I'd leave that up to their parents, but I guess I would say, be sure that you, you please Heavenly Father, because he, he knows what will really make you happy and what, what you can do, what things you can do and what you should be doing. So be sure he's happy. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mom. Thank you for being such an amazing mom. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
today is October 10th, 2000, 2019, and my name is Linda Coy, and I'm interviewing my mother, Bernice Bingham. She's 91 years old, and I'm going to ask her some questions for this podcast about growing and preserving families. Hello, Mom. Hello. So, thanks for letting me talk to you today about some of your thoughts about being a mother and a grandmother and a great-grandmother and a great-great-grandmother. How do you feel about this role that you've had for how many years? What year were you married? I was married in 1920. No, 1940. 40. I was born in 28, but I was married in 45. Or was it 46? I think it was 47. 47. <laughs> so, but you've had how I many? I thought about it in the other years. <laughs> you thought yes, you planned for three years as engaged, waiting for dad to come home, I know. Yeah, he was on a mission and I wanted to marry a missionary, return missionary, so I had to wait for him. And that was good <laughs> for me and for him. Awesome. So, how old were you? Do you remember how old you were when you had your first, when you had Brent? What, in 1950? So, how old would you have been? I was born in 1928. Okay. So, 22? Let's see. So, you've been 22 years old? Probably, because I was married when I was 21. Okay. And so, now you're 91. Yeah. So, you've had a few years of experience being a mom. <laughs> Most of it's been great. There's only been maybe just knowing that I'm alone now is not comfortable, but um, it happens to everybody. Okay. So, some things, memories that come up for you, uh, maybe when you were a young mother, some of the unknowns that you've since maybe forgotten about <laughs> those unknowns because it's become very known. But what are some of the earlier fears that maybe you had about becoming a mother? Oh, there's always concern whether you're really prepared for it as well because and each one of you had different circumstances that uh, gave me a lot of wanting to have help. I knew that I needed help to really be able to do it, so yes. So where did you get the help? Where from a good husband. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so you relied on yeah, dad he, a lot. Right. He he could. He was standing off to the side a little bit because he didn't have a twenty-four hour as a mother does to watch and care and for and help a baby. And but he was there and was very supportive of everything that we wanted to do for them and and so when the second one came along so soon I knew that I was pushing it just a little bit to try to keep up. <laughs> so what did you have to, how did you do that? How did you keep up? I kept up by watching others that I admired and, and knew that they had good family and asked them questions and of course always knew but Heavenly Father was there to help us, and and it was uh, something we wanted to do, is to build a good home 
with love and concern and really the way the Lord would have us do. Okay, so you you had some very specific goals or decisions of what you wanted in your home. Yes. So and that was what we would not do anything that wasn't without prayer and, and knowing that it was the right thing to do and following the leaders. We were very positive that we wanted to follow the leaders. My father was very definite in that and I learned it young that he he wanted us to be happy and that was the way to be happy is to know what Heavenly Father wanted us to do and we would get the help. Okay, so you have following the leaders. Can you be more specific which leaders you're talking about? <laughs> well, let's see. Now I have to remember back the first ones, I guess, that President Kimball was one. Okay. He was a marvelous example. Um, you had you knew him personally, right? Yes. Yeah, he actually he married, he was the officiate at our wedding. So he signed our document saying that we were married as forever, as an eternal marriage in the temple. Okay. So and that was a great support. And we did have some time, odd times, when we were very grateful to listen, be able to listen to him at conferences and other places so that we knew what he expected. Okay, what was his advice to you when you got married? Oh my goodness, I should have written it down. Um. <laughs> well, he, in the first place, he came out in the mission and and, uh, and your dad actually was able to visit with him and and uh, that's why we had asked for him. We requested that he would marry us because they'd had such a, a good meeting out in the mission and uh, in Texas and I think that that was a blessing to us because that's the first person that we wanted to be able to please because he knew what we needed to do as far as a family. So it started out in the temple and we continued to make it happen. Okay, so you felt important that it was important to get married in the temple? Yes, we knew that that would be the pleasing to Heavenly Father and and it would help us to make good choices. Okay, so what are some of those choices that you felt were good choices in your married life, raising our family? That we always give thanks to the Heavenly Father for our blessings and make sure we had reasons to be thankful to them. Hmm. And we had good parents, both of us on each. His, his parents were, and my parents were great examples good living good okay so the things that to you what does it mean to live good what are some of those qualifiers I hadn't thought about those being specific <laughs> <laughs> they were there yes that was I guess specifics was that Sunday was a Sabbath day and and uh, there was love to be shown to one another it wasn't something you just do on in the I was going to say off days, you do have moments when things are a little more stressful and even those days needed to end with a good prayer and that's the one thing that we did. We always knelt together at night whenever we were together. There were times when we were separated but not many. 
And so we always prayed together for a, before we went to sleep. Mm. Um, and sealed it with a kiss, I remember yeah. Dad oh. saying. <laughs> <laughs> and sealed it with a kiss, yes. And of course, uh, your dad used to say, I can tell whether I'm in the right We've done things right today because I know what from the kids I get. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so things that you were very definite about. So you said keeping the Sabbath day holy. Um, yes. What were some other things that you were definite about? That we would be able to accept calls um, to work in the church, do jobs in the church if we were living righteously. We knew that we would be called upon and we would make those sacrifices to be able to, to do it. Okay. And uh, we did. He, your dad always improved his ability to teach and to, to share. And so we, that was our pattern to do. What about you? What do you feel like callings helped you that you did? Well, I guess the best one was that helped me to take shape. <laughs> Knew that I needed to be very, uh, very helpful to the sisters, and that was starting out in the primary, helping the little ones, and then moving into the president of the Relief Society, and and on a state basis as well as a ward basis, and and so we felt like we were doing what the Lord wanted us to do. Okay. So as far as the, maybe as the children have gotten older, how was that challenging or what advice can you give about when children become adults? Yes, because they had to make their own choices and we prayed they would make good ones and often they came and especially seeking their father out to listen to what they they would have in, in to make a choice and they would, you know, I trust that uh, we were making good choices and that helped them to stay true to it okay so did you as far as um, being supportive while dad had lots of callings what was your thought about how to do that how to be supportive I think that I knew from watching my parents that I knew what I needed to do to support him. My mother was a great one to help dad in any way and, and uh, I saw what she did to, to make positive that her life was in order too. That she loved the family but she also loved to support her husband when he was bishop, when he was whatever calling he had. Okay. So as far as working, um, there were always jobs to be done. What was your philosophy on how to get the children? How did you get us to want to do jobs? Well, we had some, some were good things and some were really I wouldn't uh, recommend them. That's paying them for jobs, but we did when it was a big job and it was something that we felt like that they really put forth an effort that it was helped them to have a, an allowance and so we did help them to have a little money to spend and
though there was an allowance to, or paid for some jobs that were really beyond what would be a normal, and they did them. So just provided opportunities and work and stuff. Randy still reminds me sometimes of his paper route. It was a tough one for him. He didn't like being uh, under that pressure every day to get those papers out. <laughs> but he did, and he earned money on it and found that he could spend his own money. So as far as looking back now, or maybe just enjoying the children, how many, how many do you have in your family now? Do you remember how many grandchildren, great-grandchildren? Wow, I should have thought of that ahead of time, maybe. I, I, as I recall, I have 28 grandchildren. I don't know if that's increased since. No, the grandchildren pretty much, I think, are through. Okay. <laughs> their children so that goes into the great-grandchildren and mm -hmm. I know there was in the 60s and the great-great-grandchildren were just beginning. Yeah you have two now. <laughs> so. Beautiful little ones yes. Okay and so what brings you joy now as being the mom the grandmother and the great-grandmother of this big group? What brings me joy? Mm -hmm. I like to see happy children. I like to see them doing things that are right so they can be happy and that they make good choices in school now and what they do as far as their um, talents are concerned. I like seeing them moving along in talents. I didn't have a lot of talents and I didn't expect my children to, to flourish in that, but they did some. They had things to do and were busy rather than just goofing off. I guess that's a good word. <laughs> goofing off. So you like to see your posterity be happy. Yes. So absolutely. how if they were they were to come to you and say, What will help me be happy, what would be your answer? I hadn't really given a lot of thought that that would be my responsibility to I guess I'd leave it up to their parents, but I guess I would say be sure that you you please heavenly father because he he knows what will really make you happy and what what you can do what things you can do and what you should be doing so be sure he's happy okay all right thank you mom thank you for being such an amazing mom <laughs> thank you <laughs>